It's interview week, and fans of Star Wars 90s action movies and the Disney Channel are going to enjoy our special guest. Will our teams ask the right interview questions? Who will win and who will go home? You'll find out on this episode of America's Next Top Podcaster. Greetings from America's Next Top Podcaster, a cup of a master class of podcasting and three tablespoons of reality competition mixed thoroughly. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett. On the last episode, Jen from Connect Four was eliminated and the teams were given the challenge of interviewing our special guest, Mark Hoffling. We'll hear how all three teams prepare for and execute the interview challenge coming up in the show, starting with the makers. Having avoided the chopping block in the previous week, but knowing they still had some work to do to impress the judges, the makers were eager to get right to work on this week's challenge. What can you do to come at it a little bit sideways? Because I, I feel like we're getting dinged by having similar ideas to the other yeah. shows, which... Yeah, it happened two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> well, but we were able to get away with it. I mean, we kind of knew going into week two that we were coming at it with, like, the most obvious trope. And right, kind of the right. only reason we were doing it was because we could get away with it because of the because of your connection to the story. Right. Um, so what... I mean, given his content, right, what he's currently working on, could we play up that angle? Could we? I don't know. Could we like almost di- like Disney? Like yeah, the, the like almost play it phantom angle. Yeah, yeah, phantom angle. Like gonna- almost like a tiger beat thing, but like today, you know. Uh-huh. Like I don't know. I mean, is that something that might be too obvious though? Because of, you yeah. know his Disney content. I don't get the feeling that other people have children as well. Like, I don't know. It's hard to right. say, but yeah, I mean. I, and I don't want to get dinged on making an obvious angle to it, but I, I kind of think that would be cool in a way. Yeah, like that that teen reporter angle. Oh, hell, like throw it back to the 80s and have like a zine <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, so, it's, it's, so who is our audience? Are they are there like well, other that's, parents? That's the thing. I think I think we would have to very clearly define the audience as right. the teenager, like as that you know pre-nager, like early audience. And I think that's so maybe where it would shine. Kids. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, that's that's just kind of that's the angle I think I could see it going towards. Mm-hmm. That if you, I mean, do you think you can come up with uh, questions to that end? Questions that would lead to an interview that your daughter would think was interesting. I do. Yeah, I do. The intro mm-hmm. would be, "Hey, this is you know whatever the name of the show is." Um, yeah, fake team B, and you know, covering all the latest um, you know Disney content for uh, you know for all the, for our young audience out there, like really like putting that in the intro that this is for. The young audience making it very clear. I just don't know. I was if gonna it's tweens like. I was gonna it. say we should call it Lion Beat. <gasps> Lion Beat. Oh, that's funny. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so Lion Beat. That would be pretty good, actually. Scott would dig that. I'm sure Scott would love that. It was just the first thing I thought. No, of when I we love were talking it. about Tiger yeah. Beat. Yeah. If we say, you know, you, you know, maybe you're listening on a podcast, or maybe you're watching this Soundwave on YouTube. Do kids watch Soundwaves on YouTube? Yeah. You know what I'll try to find too? Because there's actually a bunch, like Disney does their own. You know, I'll look, I'll, I'll look into it. They actually do some really great um, content um, for themselves, actually. Like their own, like, 
you know, their reporter doing video content around the shows, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Um, so that would be a great thing to like just get the vibe because that's mm-hmm. that vibe. Kind of like angle in on the things that your daughter would want to know. Yeah. We go behind the scenes of your favorite shows. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And, and focusing the questions towards that, not like, you know, hey, so... Um, do you, you use, have a job? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Do you use uh, Lightroom or Photoshop to <laughs> to uh, add, you know, or <laughs> you know, what 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 uh what type of lighting baffles do you use? Uh, are you shooting on on Canon or on Sony? Right, what do you right, think of the right. new A7S? You know, that kind of thing is you know, tweens couldn't give two craps. They want to know uh, what does Dove Cameron uh, eat uh, in between takes. Right. What would be awesome too is if we could relate what he actually does to things yeah. that your daughter would really care about yeah, so he does, he's in the art department right so like you know maybe what even like how do you pick colors maybe just hear me out on this and like let's decide if this would work mm-hmm. um saying how important is for young artists to expect these kinds of shifts maybe we like lean into like getting used to a pivot because that's kind of like almost the same thing right yeah. so oh yeah for sure and part of the thing is that i was kind of trying to write it phrase it so that the 13 year old's listening yeah, yeah i mean yeah, it, yeah. it's it was so ten- complicated it, yeah. and it was so tempting for me to you you know use big words quote unquote yeah no um, you're right you're right you're and right. not to let and I'm not saying dumb it down obviously but right to try to get the best out of the question excited about their daring approach the makers wanted to see if their coach Tom Merritt felt the same way hello Tom hi Tom hi go 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 we have no time to leave this interview <laughs> we we had this idea of making our podcast more like a Tiger Beat style podcast. Okay. Uh-huh. For maybe like 13 to... Uh, kind of the, you know, 10, 11 to the 15, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. So kind of okay. middle school, high school age. Um, leaning into his Disney career, but leaning into it like hard, like really committing to that lean um, and not from, you know, uh, Gen Xers kind of geeking out on cool artwork, but... right what he could provide to uh so this is my daughter's age range it's gen z the gen z so as a as a positive kind of uh role model and inspiration to young artists okay so i love this idea my only my only hesitation at all on it is none of you are gen z uh there is a skill in being a children's presenter that maybe you have, I don't have any idea, uh, but it's being able to be an adult, but relate to someone in the age group. We were recently listening to, you know, during our research, another Gen Z podcast, and uh-huh. um, it's not done by children. It's done by right. uh, somebody who used to work at Tiger Beat. Mm-hmm. And when we think about MTV from, you know, let's say like the 90s, the people that were hosting the show were not of that age. Right. Right. Now that's what I was saying. There's a skill in being a children's presenter. When you talk about being a children's presenter, what are some of the qualities that you find in, (laughs) in a children's presenter? They don't piss off children. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I mean, it's. Well, I wish I had a better. <laughs> I wish I had a better answer for you. Uh, I don't. I'm not an expert in that. I know a friend of ours works for Nickelodeon and works, you know, on on that sort of thing. And he's like, "There's a skill to being able to be an adult who walks on stage and children don't go roll my eyes. Oh my god, this guy's so out of touch. It's it's probably a lot easier to do than I'm making it sound. To be honest, it's just something I know. I've heard it go way wrong. Uh, so it's something to be aware of. And bringing in voices of actual teens into the show would be a way to kind of help say like, mm-hmm. hey, it's not just us adults, you know, talking down to you. It's it, we got teens in here, too. Before their scheduled interview time, the makers got together to put some final touches on their plan. But yeah, I mean, kids, you know what I'm going to do, actually? So I'm going to I'm going to talk to my daughter. <laughs> I'm going to ask her what things she would like to know about these. Go straight to the source. Yeah, like I can come up with a bunch of dumb questions, but they're only going to be things that I want to know. Like I don't. Yeah, I was almost wondering if I should just have my daughter record some like the exact same question. Yeah, but then we need to write it for her. No, you know that's a good point. So maybe, like, maybe you still she's in middle school, right? She is. Yeah, maybe you still set it up. Yeah. You know, like we have, well, here we have, we actually have a question from a listener. Um, they, they sent and, and preface it, you know, they sent us this recorded question. Uh, I will actually, I'll see if Abby can do that for me tonight. We're really working your family hard. (laughs) That's all right. No worries. After their interview with Mark Hoffling, the makers got to work on editing and refining their audio. Meanwhile, Dusty took some time away to talk to me about how things were going. You guys uh, just yesterday had your interview with Mark. How'd things go? Really well. Um, You know, kind of our strategy as the weeks have gone on has been to incorporate as many of the judges' comments as we can into what we're doing. And um, one of the things we heard last week was that our concept was maybe a little too... Uh, easy or a little too basic. Mm-hmm. And we kind of came up with an idea for our interview that we think will be a little further out of left field this time. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear it. So it's not spoiler for me to say that yours is coming at it from a younger audience. What kind of challenges did that bring to you from a planning, an interview planning process? Well, we thought about like, if, if we were just, you know, doing the interview, if we were just talking to Mark, what we would want to ask him. Mm-hmm. And then it occurred to us that, you know, none of us really uh, know a whole lot or I guess care a whole lot about his <laughs> his current work because it's, you know, directed at kind of a younger audience. Sure, sure. And then it kind of occurred to us, well, you know, what if the other two teams have the same thought? Uh, it turns out that uh, Vincent's daughter is a big fan of The Descendants. I mean, we just tried to take it for like, what would what would she be asking if right. she were doing this interview or what would, you know, somebody, what would she or her contemporaries want to know if they had a chance to interview somebody like Mark? Oh, can't wait to hear it. This is a fun one because especially with your example, it's, it's very assembly line, right? Vincent took part one, Eliza took part two, and you've got part three, even though all of you are involved in, in every part, the the prominent person, kind of took it, handed it off, and then sent it to the next person who... Yeah, it's been cool. You know, we we definitely took the lead in our individual sections, but the whole time it's been a collaborative effort and nothing in the process happened without the sign-off of all three people. So, That's you know, I think we can, we can present uh, very confidently. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Dusty. I'll let you get back to your day and uh, look forward to hearing the final product. Thanks, Brian. 
Welcome to Lion Beat, your weekly dose of inspiration for making your school life your best life. I'm your host, Eliza. Hey there, Lion Cats. We've been getting lots of messages from you on Snapchat about how you dream of starring in TV and movies, but how nervous it makes you just thinking about having to act in front of the camera. What if I told you that there are... Chetna, Michael, and Tony of Connect Four were still reeling from the surprising loss of Jen from their team. However, with the next challenge issued, they knew they needed to get to work. I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, no, I knew it was messed up. No, I liked it. I still like it. Yeah. You know, I'm proud of it. Um, and it was it was it was just difficult. And I, I think I, I really feel like we did too much and went too deep and, you know, got too meta with the point of the aftermath. Of, there is no aftermath. And it's whereas someone else may have just told a much easier, simpler story. The takeaway for me is, again, just like narrowing focus honing in on that interesting thing and making 10 minutes out of it. Yeah. And I think that's that's very important for this this interview thing, which is like... I, I would recommend we don't want to just talk about, so tell us about the Disney movies. Like something really deep and unique to him. Literally one or two questions. Doing the research, honestly, that's easy. It's only a 15-minute conversation. That's the hard part. I can do 10 minutes, but you guys know me. I talk, and usually when I do my interviews... Like, I'll talk 15 minutes before we even get to interviewing just to kind of mm-hmm. meet the person and get comfortable and, you know, get relaxed. And that's out. I guess we can email them. We are allowed to maybe do that. A few things that I've learned is questions that you should be asking them that not everybody asks them, right? I, in fact, email them saying, what are some of the topics you've never spoken whenever somebody else has interviewed you. But we, I don't think we can do this at this point with this person. Um, oh, we can ask. I mean, that, that would show initiative, you know. Who's going to do it? We can work that out. Achana, honestly, I'm, I was thinking you. Um, there should not be too many voices again. I think that that's, that's where we struggled. I don't know how, but I, I felt it was just fine with all the voices being transitioned very well. Um, I feel like in this especially, I don't know how... F- I agree. Um, we need somebody leading in the narrative space, right? We all each hone specific things that we do very well. We we should still focus on our strengths, not not ponder on the weaknesses. That's that's what I go by with all the experience I have in the corporate. Is when somebody says something, that's when you go back and not do what you're already doing. Focus yeah. on our strength. <laughs> you you make a good point because I'm doing that too. Like I just don't like losing. I don't like mm-hmm. getting beat you know and it's and so i'm th- like okay well maybe not do this maybe not do that let's not no. do that you know and and you're right it is a lot of second guessing i think we can still win this next week um the reason why oh. i'm saying is we we should not take this failure and then just <laughs> uh, cry on it versus come back with a bang and show them that mm-hmm. we are still a winning team um even when we lost one of our players we are still going to win this. Um, so so that's that's what we should do. And we should definitely focus on our strengths. Um, uh, don't worry about the weaknesses. That would get fixed when we showcase more of our strength because that, that gets hidden in behind. Um, my, my, and this is what I got to sleep on. I can't figure out a way to bring an interview to the next level. Like what is, you know, what can we do to bring that extra bang and... I'm struggling. I don't know. We can do a good interview. We can have some intro music, but what's going to take it to that next level to, to get it there? So that's where I'm struggling. Can we not wrap up 
and do still a narrative style saying I'm saying the same question but cut and paste some of the pieces of Mart's answer there um, so that is another thing that I play with my podcast is I hate um, honestly the live interview um, the, the the back and forth and me saying yes those all we could definitely avoid but my, my fact is I want to hear each of these voices singled out and clear um so when i'm doing interview so so what i do is i actually have the interview live recorded but i i overlap it override my question asking with a little more thought process put in place right after spending some time deciding on format and strategy connect 4 was getting a bit closer to nailing down a concept hopefully tom will be able to coach them to a winning angle okay all right interviews this week and wisely we get to talk before you do the interview, which hasn't been true in previous seasons. So uh, what can I help you with? Um, we have a couple ideas, but the the one that we've been kicking around a little bit today is in, based on his previous interviews he's done that he's talked a lot about his childhood and a um, bit of a you know troubling experience with the religious orthodoxy of his family and how art design was a, kind of a way out of that and how he credited his mentors a lot with you know getting him there. And he said, he's talked a lot about wanting to pass that on to other people, the young people in the industry. So we're kind of thinking of something like a art or design career mentorship show where he's being interviewed. Yeah, it's really good with these to have looked at other interviews so that you know you're not just treading the same old ground uh, and to have an angle that's that brings him into your show, this being a mentorship show and you can bring him in, you've researched a little bit. Uh, I like that. I think that's a, a really good approach. Also, super smart to just have one person in charge of doing the interview. I, I was going to ask Tom um, on the same lines that is it a bi- bad idea having two interviewers? Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I say that as someone wait, wait, who constantly wait. does multiple people interviewing people on shows that I do because we have multiple hosts. It's just hard. It's okay. really hard, and it's not. It's not going to give you an advantage. We we talked a little bit about um, like excluding the interviewer's voice like on certain questions and whatnot, and then instead doing a little bit of a voiceover, like mm-hmm. sort of narrating the interview. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It's a style choice, and you can make it as a style choice ahead of time. Like this is the kind of of interview we want to present, which is a more which is a documentary style of like. You could even have no narrator. You could just have the interviewer telling the you know the story from top to bottom in their own voice with with a very small introduction. I tend to like to have the interviewer interaction in a podcast because it's more dynamic. Uh, and one of the things people like in an audio podcast is the ability to to hear a conversation. That was all super helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Are, Good luck, you guys. Uh, Thanks, Tom. I, I got it. I got to say, it's hard to come up with questions in 10 minutes. I would imagine it's even harder to rapid fire answer them. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. With little time to lose before their interview, Connect Four got right back to work after talking to Tom. Just understanding his thought process, like when he gets a, a how does he go through the, the whole process of um, 
envisioning ahead of time and being in cohesion with the 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 overall project right if and with these days technology would cover with the green screen you don't even have to create any art right the whole setup of the the stage so how is he dealing with the technology interrupting disrupting or is it really enabling him you need to do a little more research but i feel like he's passionate and loves the mentoring thing so yeah. that might make him perk up if he gets to rambling and and say you're like oh blah 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 blah, blah mentoring and he gets to go in just let him go um that's one thing yeah i never interrupt if someone's talking about something and enjoy it and talk about it pick your follow up questions based on what they're talking about it may be something different than what you planned we know his mentors were important to him so he's hopefully going to go on about that and then you can say um you know it seems like they had a, a big role is that something you continue to do today which i'm pretty sure we know he does um but again something that he can you know sort of brag on himself and again something i think he's proud of can we start with his pre right how did he get started uh, which which makes sense to take off and from there we can slowly navigate based on how his responses is going to be um we can have him navigate to what is he doing today to give back my mentors are all of these people who were able to pull themselves out of the dark place and and get into the light and and through their work you can see see what they had the potential uh, when they were in dark but they they pulled themselves out of it to do what they are doing today i think that's my inspiration i don't um have my inspiration or mentor to one make it my own or at least as a learning for me to move forward michael from connect 4 took some time to talk to me about how things were going in post production after the interview with mark was over now i'm here with uh, michael tigerfee from uh, connect 4 Uh sorry right, so interview week you had your interview with uh Mark yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it went great. And I'm trying with um uh Chetna doing the interview. You guys were still listening in if I remember correctly and offering follow-up questions and things while she was doing hers. Yeah, we we asked her ahead of time whether she would want that or whether that would be too distracting because we could see it going going either way, but <laughs> we were just kind of We're there to back her up, uh, moral support, but also, you know, just to point out if a certain question might be good to to ask. I think it's a really, really good way to do that. Um, yeah, we're all looking for ways to get ourselves involved this week. Um, the three, all three of us, mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure we we really wanted to focus on uh, Chetna and her interview skills this week. So we're we're kind of shaping our show this week around her. Definitely, um, yeah. Tony and I are are kind of picking up on the editing and. concept side of things. Uh music bed that sort of thing is is uh you know Tony did that for previous submissions is he doing that again this time as far as uh music and Yeah, so he's going to put everything together. Actually, I I kind of tried my hand this week for the first time at some basic editing. So I I edited oh, the cool. interview um last night and today uh got it down from 15 down to 9 minutes. So we're going to take that and then Tony's going to take Chetna's intro, put that together with some music and uh the outro. It's cool. it's kind of a straightforward thing this week. It's not too complicated. You know, the the trick is more um figuring out what the larger narrative is. What's the story that the interview is telling? Did you um in your first pass at editing, uh, I know you guys had 15 minutes of solid questions with Mark. What really stuck out to me was his experience with mentoring, uh how he got started in the industry of production design and how it helped him get out of this uh as he described it 
Um, you know, he grew up in a problematic kind of childhood environment and he was a closeted gay person in a ultra orthodox religious family, as he said. So we really wanted to focus on that element without getting too, you know, direct about that part of his life because we didn't want to just, you know, we don't, we didn't, we didn't get much of a pre-interview with him or anything, you know? So right, it's like, right. just tossed right into a conversation with him and be like, all right, tell us about your, you know, troubles <laughs> in your childhood. Let's jump into the most, you know, potentially uh, uh, difficult question we're going to ask you and how, how will you do with that? Well, uh, yeah. you guys did a great job and I'm, I'm really excited to hear what you guys come up with. Welcome back to another episode of Design with Desai. I'm your host, Chetna Desai. Each week, I interview designers who have made careers out of their artistry. I talk about their mentors, their mentees, and tips for those getting started in the field. This week, I have Mark Hoffling, a production designer and an art director. Riding high from their win in the previous week and still going strong with all four team members, Adi, Jeremy, Nikki, and Will were excited to tackle the new challenge for the week. I think we should have an idea going in, but we shouldn't be, like Justin said, or someone, I think it was Justin, we shouldn't be like sticking to it too hard oh, yeah. in case it goes a different yeah. direction and just like vibe with that that's what they especially with the interview episode they definitely are like have your idea but let the interview flow yeah and- right whoever is gonna do this interview i think first of all should be comfortable with improvising if they feel like there's something to follow to follow that and um i was thinking i don't know if this is good or not but we could have the discord on in case we think yeah, of something really def- good. Yeah, back channel is always important. So multitasking like that might be good. Mm-hmm. Considering there's two days where yeah. we can work around with stuff, and, and I guess the end is, is going to be editing anyways. Again, well, editing is going to be the biggest deal to like make it sound fun and flowing and all that. And I think the important part is to be able to be at ease with the guests, make them feel comfortable, not like you're like, you know persecuting them on trying to get oh, gossip or whatever yeah we're no jeremy you like you, you, if you're the interviewer and you stumble on like something fascinating if you drop the script for the next eight minutes and it's good radio like i don't mm-hmm. <laughs> i would yeah, we'll just change like, the credits we'll just say that we wrote that all along and nobody <laughs> no yeah i think the biggest thing is the back channel communication just my age, I have seen a decent amount of his his Disney Channel movies. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I've seen like at least ten of these. Well, good. So like, okay. I can come in with specific questions nice. if we need them. Well, like a lot of his work is when I'm in like middle school. I've worked on like twenty Disney Channel movies mm-hmm. in fifteen years. That's wild. I think it's good that you know the background. Yeah. And- that might be important as an interview skill, but what Jury said last year is they don't nerd out on him, which I think is okay because yeah. he's not like yeah. a star or whatever. I mean, maybe I don't know. I, high School Musical hope he's not is pretty big. I, I do think we need something to give us an edge. Like, why are we interviewing this guy? Why do people care? Why should they even listen? Like, do people want to know about the back industry of Disney? I guess there's lots of people that are Disney oh. fans, but will they care about like... I mean, I'll go to bat for High School Musical 3. I'm not joking on this one. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, know, I understand. Really good. I, think, I, I understand. I, High School Musical 3 got a theatrical release. Like, they shot... There's this uh, musical number uh, with Zac Efron in the uh, high school at night. 
and like he walks through like a rotating hallway like two years yeah, before man. inception it, 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 it rules. <laughs> it's really coordinated it, it's, it's like he like all these basketballs drop from the ceiling like there's like a junkyard musical number that like they had to build i guess like i, I there's like actual like his stuff is you good be like like oh that's a good one but that's, that's that's it then right i think we can can we lock in that theme of like we're a podcast that's going to talk about like, like kind of covers children's youth culture center, family entertainment yeah youth family yeah. entertainment i yeah. think is good because i i i'm most like he's worked on con air and independence day 2 and army of darkness and i'm genuinely the most curious about like six of these disney channel movies <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm like right there being like yeah, I'm sure Sam Raimi was like a really cool guy, but like you need to explain the scene in High School Musical 3 to me. Yeah, I don't know what our edge can be. I'm, I'm afraid of it just being basic, especially since the other two are interviewing the same guy. I, anyway, I yeah, but I, I don't I don't know who else on the other teams has seen like 10 of his 20 Disney Channel movies. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be a good yeah. end. You're right. I really that really spoke to me with his talking to Hammond is he made the comment about talking about the movies that he's done for Disney mm-hmm. are basically architects for current youth culture. Mm-hmm. Like because so many kids clung mm-hmm. to him. So right. Like they are shaping youth culture through these movies and that he takes a responsibility for that. Blue fan group slowly began to settle into a concept, hoping that their coaching session with Tom would help get them the rest of the way there. Hello, Blue fan group. Well, we're talking about thinking about doing, uh, talking to him about Disney stuff, kid-friendly stuff. Like, how how do we make it so that our podcast is like both focused on like a lot of his Disney work, but also like it's a podcast that someone would listen to? Because like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because like if we're talking too much about Disney, then like, are we aiming our demographic too low? I I, I feel like what you're asking is is which direction to take, right? Because sort of. if you're if you're if you're saying, I want to do this, but I also want to do that, pick one. Mm-hmm. So pick, our idea was to do a general behind the scenes podcast, but this month specifically was youth focused. Uh-huh. I mean, that that seems like you've picked a direction to me. If, I, if I'm hearing you right, what you're, what you're asking is you want to just focus on behind the scenes of the Disney Channel stuff he's worked on. Yeah, because that's primarily what he's done for 16 years now. So we have a question, which is, should we just have one interviewer or should we have like, okay, cool. That's it. Perfect. (laughs) That's, I think that's what we were leaning towards, but that was a a question. Cool. I know the instinct is like, well, we want everybody to be on it. So they're heard in an interview episode. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I say this as somebody who regularly violates this on many of the shows I do, like, like with Scott, uh, uh, you, it's harder to interview with two people okay. because then you're yeah. trying to run traffic between okay. the two people. Yeah. So you have the benefit of a huge team. What do you think of having like more of a roundtable kind of bookending the interview? Then like, you've got a roundtable show added onto an interview. Yeah, I yeah. think we should just focus on the on the one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it would never be a good idea. You might come across something where you're like, oh man, this would work so good as a round table, in which case, you know, always be willing to break the rules. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, you know, that just overcomplicates it. Okay. Well, how do you feel about like icebreaker type questions at the beginning? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a bad idea. You can, you can get into it in lots of different ways. You, you don't want them to, you don't want to waste your time. 
Right. You know, so don't don't spend too much time on that. But you're you're basically rolling dice to see if you end up getting gold, right? With mm-hmm. the icebreaker questions, you can really loosen people up just just in the pre-show chat. But that that's another way to loosen up and maybe come up with something cool. You can also do those kinds of things at the end as well. Yeah, I thought I heard how it scripted. Oh, how scripted? Okay, yeah. Very good question. Script your questions. Know what you want to answer. What 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 you want to ask him ahead of time, but be willing to pursue when he brings up something you hadn't thought of. That's okay. the interviewer's skill. The researcher's yeah. skill is to set you up with like, here's what you want to ask him about. Here's what you need to know. But when you're interviewing is when you call the audible and like, well, wait a minute, we didn't know about that. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. Um, one last question real quick, since we have a little time, how, uh, many questions roughly should we go in? We're going to have 20 minutes with him and it's got to be edited down to 10. So like how many questions should we aim for? Ask as many questions as you think, or prepare as many questions as you think are interesting, order them by the order of importance so that when you hit the 20 minutes, you run out of time, but you don't want to run out of questions. The blue fan group got some last minute planning in before the big interview. Yeah. And if we could even as we're like looking through our questions and stuff in the main interview keep it brief and to the point i'm sure that'll help mm-hmm. G- give him all the all the, the the time we have to let him do yeah. the talking yeah however we phrase it like what do you do needs to be the start you know obviously like, the judges know who like is going to know who this is but like we need to like walk in and be like the listener does not know who this is. Right. In the midst of their whirlwind week of planning and interviewing, Nikki took some time out to talk to me about how things were going. <laughs> uh, all right, interview week. Let's talk about interview week. Will is a younger younger member of your team, actually a younger member yes. of the whole ANTP system. He might be our youngest contestant ever. And so, uh, no, I mean, the van- the advantage that he's got is that um, he grew up with a lot of the stuff that Mark Hoffling is- has produced. And that's why we put him in there. He knew so much of the stuff. We're like, okay, well, you can take this. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, I have an interview podcast and Jeremy was also willing to do it. Um, but yeah, we thought, you know, he'll have that personal rapport since he knows so much of these shows. So... Were you guys listening live? I can't remember if, if you guys were in the room. Yeah, we were live. listening in on it. Cool. Yep. I was uh, teleprompting Will some oh, questions right, as it was right. going on. <laughs> <laughs> did he end up using any of them? I didn't. Uh, yeah, he did. So he we did. had them pre-scripted, but I was like reordering them as he was speaking so we could kind of improve the flow. And I Perfect. think it worked out quite well. You guys had the bonus of the extra time with Mark. Is that a blessing or a curse? Because it sounded like you had almost 20 solid minutes of great material well yeah it's a little bit of both in the beginning we were worried we're like oh we're gonna have to edit out 10 minutes what if like it breaks up the flow but we said hey we'll just use these extra this extra time to sort of chill out and make things a bit more familiar so will was chatting with him in the beginning and a little bit at the end and we got enough time to say thank you so i think it worked out pretty well and will also you know had some time where he was elaborating on questions which we can cut down and mm. still have a good response so Smart. i think that worked out i really enjoyed listening to you your you guys's interview with with mark and i can't wait to see yeah. uh how you trim all that great material into a uh, good 10 minute podcast yeah me too Cool. My uh, my colleagues have asked me to bribe you in order to not change up the teams uh, in the next few 
weeks. So oh, really? just letting you know. Okay. Well, I'm the, what 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 offers are on the table here? I I'll, you know, cash is always good. Uh, maybe uh, the first team that gives me a PS5 has a a, a lock. <laughs> they they make it all the way to the end of the. Uh, well, we'll see what what impact. strings we can pull, Brian. <laughs> Welcome to Tales from the Backlot, where we take you behind the scenes to bring you an inside look at how your favorite movies get made. I'm your host, Will Saddleberg. This week, we're continuing our month-long look at the world of family entertainment. We sat down with Mark Hoffling, a production designer whose work you've seen throughout High School Musical, Disney's Descendants, and Zombies, to talk about what a production designer does, his own creative process, and making movies for his inner eight-year-old. Welcome to the show, Mark. Uh, It's my pleasure. We wanted to talk to you a bit about your uh, job as a production designer. When you are typically pushing audio directly into people's ears, it makes it very important that the noise they are listening to is comfortable. One of the tools that I rely on to knock out those pesky high-end frequencies that are created with T's and K's and S's is the sibilance plug-in by Waves. It works seamlessly in real time to round off those edges so they're not as sharp and painful directly in people's ear holes. The settings are fully customizable and you can save your presets, your own custom presets, so you can pull them up anytime for any person. If you work with a couple of people all the time and they have very specific ways they say those high-end noises, then pulling up presets based on those people, once you have them dialed in, is a piece of cake. Sibilance rounds out those noises so that people are listening directly with their uh, AirPods or earbuds or have the most comfortable listen possible by using the Sibilance plugin. Follow the link in the show notes to get more information and makes it easy to buy the plugin right there. Also go to waves.com and see the, the whole collection of incredible plugins that can be used for music production and podcast production. Brian Ibbett here for Rogue Amoeba's Fission. I use Fission for doing the editing of Coverville because I need something quick, I need something easy, and I need something that can create chapters. But Fission does so much more than that. Sure, you can use it to make quick edits to your audio files, add fades, adjust volumes, insert clips, but Fission can also batch convert multiple audio files at once into a multitude of formats like MP3, AAC, AIFF, WAVE, and FLAC and it does all of its edits losslessly. Usually when you edit an MP3 file, you're editing something that's already been compressed and then exporting it just adds to the compression. Not with Fission. When you edit an MP3, you edit it losslessly so it doesn't get double compressed. It's a great tool for podcasters who record MP3 and don't want to sacrifice quality when they need to make simple changes. And right now, Rogue Amoeba wants to sweeten the deal. Use the code TOPCAST20, that's T-O-P-C-A-S-T-2-0, to save 20% off the price of Fission. You can use that code for 20% off of any of their other podcast tools like Audio Hijack, Farago, and Loopback. Or, here's a little secret, you can use it to save 20% off of the already discounted Ultimate Podcast Bundle, which has all four. That code again is TOPCAST20. Visit rogamoeba.com to learn more. When I got to the point that I was working on multiple shows each week, I needed to find a way to work faster without losing any of the quality. 
After having tried a few interfaces and not finding ones that were easy to use or easy to set up or that fit in easily to muscle memory, I was kind of at a loss. One, it was at that point I discovered Contour Design and the Contour Shuttle Pro V2. This programmable, versatile interface not only was easy to set up, but it naturally fit into my workflow. I cannot think of doing the amount of work or the type of work I do now without this tool in my hand. The Contour Shuttle Pro V2 has become an integral part of my process. I recommend highly everyone look at it for themselves. Go to contourdesign.com, get more information on the Shuttle products, both the Pro V2 and the Shuttle Express. And we'd like to thank them for supporting this show, independent podcasting, and providing the Shuttle Pro V2 for the winner of the season and the Contour Shuttle Express or the second place finisher. Before we get to the judging, let's get a recap of the teams and hear Tom's thoughts on how they're doing. Connect4 seems to have a really good approach. Uh, they want to do a mentoring strategy. I felt like they were a little bit unfocused on how to divide the responsibilities. Uh, as you, you'll hear with multiples, I'm like, no, just one interview. Don't try to do a dual interview. I, I think in the past I've even said, well, you can do it. It's really hard. Don't do it. Uh, so yeah, I hope that they divide their responsibilities and uh, I hope they're able to come up with a good way into that tricky topic. They seemed really concerned about like stepping on toes uh, about his past. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think they'll be able to to gauge that. And if they do, they'll probably come up with some really good stuff. This could be one of the more heartwarming interviews. Blue Fan Group was less focused because they're like, should we do a Disney show or should we do this other show? And then I said, we'll pick one. And then they presented something that combined both in a very focused way. And I'm like, well, there's your, there's your idea. So hopefully we got them past that. Uh, and now it's just, they got to grind it out. Uh, they, they want to do the the show that is about uh the the behind the scenes right uh the, this is this is where they're they're gonna try to pull their angle is is the behind the scenes of the disney show uh so i think that will be good uh they didn't have that built-in thing that will give them an edge so they just have to work hard uh and it, it sounds like they're willing to do that i could i could hear the the gears turning the makers in my opinion, have the best idea, which is let's do a kid show. This guy works on Disney stuff. They still have an idea that is different in approaching it from a teen point of view uh, and having them bring in kids, having them bring in other voices, uh, if they can make that work. Uh, I think will help. I, I may have misdirected them by making them too worried about coming off as, as stodgy old adults. Uh, it's just something to note, and I think they'll be fine. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they come up with. Greetings and welcome to America's Next Top Podcaster. Is it a podcasting reality competition or is it a masterclass in podcasting? It's both so that we can dominate two of the iTunes category charts. I'm your host, Brian Ibbett. Welcome. It's interview week here on ANTP and our contestants each had the pleasure of spending time with our special guest, Mark Hoffling, to talk about production design, uh, as well as the Disney Channel and how the Millennium Falcon ran the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. 
The contestants then had to edit those interviews down into 10-minute podcasts that felt like they were part of a larger podcast series. Does that sound easy to you? Well, it's not. How did our teams fare this week? We'll need some judges to be able to fully answer that question, and I've used internet magic to conjure up these four here. From Night Attack, it's Justin Robert Young. Hello. From The Instance, Scott Johnson. Hello and greetings. Howdy. And from Tellin' Anyway, Jenny Josephson. What's up? Also joining us tonight is our special guest interviewee who will be able to tell us how the interview experience went with each of our teams. Uh, he'll also be judging the final product as well. It's Mark Hoffling. Mark, it's good to have you here. Uh, thanks. Great to be here. Uh, so overall, how was the interview process? It, it was a living nightmare. <laughs> it was just, yeah, you know, it was terrible. No, no, it was great. I really had a wonderful time talking to everybody, and and there were some great questions, and um, yeah, I had I had a great time. That's cool. Um, and something interesting I noticed uh, with this this that we didn't have, I don't think, in previous seasons with the interview show, is that all three teams asked if they could send a pre-interview email. Uh, to you prior to the show. Two of them went ahead and did it. Um, one of them chose not to. But as as an interview subject, Mark, what kinds of things do you want to see in a pre-interview email to prepare you for the call? You know, the movies I make are generally for very young audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the the uh, the field of production design is, you know, is a bit, can be a bit more of a mature and kind of technical conversation. Sure. So it's always great to know kind of where they want to land in a spectrum. You know, who who the audience is is really important to know. Most, most of all, uh, you judges, uh, Je- Justin, Jenny, and Scott. If you're feeling left out, I'm going to ask you a question. What kinds of things were you looking for during interview week? And we'll start with Justin. The biggest thing with an interview is having a drive to it. What do you want out of it? And uh, you have to think about what your audience expects from it, which means we start to get into the finer points. And that's where the criticism is going to come from. And uh, Jenny. I thought there was a baseline level of quality this week that allowed us to get annoyingly nitpicky on other topics. Uh, Scott, how about you? I would agree with all of this so far, but also I would add the number one thing I was looking for, and I mentioned it last week ahead of it, was uh, those who could make it feel like I was witnessing a really cool conversation and not a list of questions. All right. Well, it's time to review our shows. And this week, we're going to start with the makers, Dusty, Eliza, and Vincent. Uh, So let's talk about uh, your project here, uh, Lion Beat. Now, I don't think in the previous two seasons of the show, we've ever had a team um, narrow their audience to focus on an age group uh, before, which is really thinking outside the box. What made you guys decide to do that? Uh, it came largely just from the fact that I, I have a 13 year old daughter. So, uh, so this is the stuff I've been watching for, for years. Um, so yeah, the idea just kind of came out of that. You get, yeah, you get pulled into that stuff. Uh, I'm really sorry. Can I just, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know your pain. All right. So, uh, makers tell me the story of lion beat. We started talking about who our target audience would be for the show. I think we would have to very clearly define the audience as right. the teenager, like as that, you know, pre like early audience. And I think that's so maybe where it would shine. Kids. Yeah, I think so. And that kind of a genre. And so we came up with Lion Beat. <laughs> Excellent. And so is it... Um, 
uh, always an interview show, but kind of going outside of the entertainment industry into all sorts of different well, jobs, or does it focus on? It's really how to make your school life your best life. For making your school life your best life. So whatever would fit in oh, to that okay. topic uh, would be appropriate. Um, all right, let's move over to our judges, and we're going to start off with Jenny. I just want to say good job, and I'm going to keep re- reiterating this the whole time. Good job to all. Um, I would say that age level was, uh, I wanted to know what age these people were, sub- your audience was supposed to be, because I, I like the host positioning, like who this host was supposed to be and their level of enthusiasm, which was Disney Channel-esque. But uh, there's, oh, is there a fine line on the acting on the Disney Channel between great kid acting and cloying kid acting. And I felt like, in a way, this host clicked one side over into like the teacher that you wouldn't like because they were trying too hard to be kind instead of just being themselves. And if you think of the Sesame Street cast, the Sesame Street cast very much is themselves. I think you slow down stuff for kids stuff sometimes, especially younger, younger kids. You slow down, you repeat more, but you don't necessarily like patronize them. And it sometimes it felt like that voice talent fell a little into that like things that end up a, a conversation between a host and the guest are not the only way to follow the end of your guest's last sentence so things like wow or cool wow awesome those are uh, an end right there's nowhere to go from there but your next question i, I thought there was a really good follow-up in that though which is I don't know if this was planned or not, but the way that you said, like, now for our audience, tell us what freelance means. But careers are a weird thing when you're freelance, right? So just so everybody is on the same page, can you explain what freelance means? I was in my kitchen and I literally hopped up and down because I was like, exactly, right? Mm-hmm. It was, if if someone is 12 or 14 or 6... They don't know what a freelancer is unless Bami is crying a lot and saying, I'm just a freelancer. I don't have time to do all this stuff. Right. Like whatever. Like they don't know the word. So you thought about who your audience is. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Justin, how about you? A lot of the same stuff. Uh, I'll actually disagree with Jenny here on The Voice. I I think that uh, The Voice brought character. That's that's a a positive. You had a definable character that it, it felt fun and exciting. I love that you served your audience. I love that the interview was effectively uh, based toward kids in their mid to late teens, which is, uh, either your audience is going to be there or they're going to be younger and wish they were there. Only problem, and I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that Jenny didn't pick this up because she is the waveform queen, your mic sounded hot to me. And it sounded hot compared to... To our guest. All right. Thanks, Justin. Uh, let's get to Scott. Uh, my very first impression was really strong. Great music and intro. I thought that stuff came off as legitimately tied together as a thing you would hear that could have played on the Disney radio channel. And I would have heard it and said, yeah, that's a show that's on the Disney channel. Like it didn't, it didn't, you know, take me out of it. Sometimes that stuff's a little discordant. It wasn't at all. Um, so I'll, I would part with Jenny on this point as well. I thought that voice was great and you stuck with it. And I even wrote here that you stuck with the bit, <laughs> which is something that Jenny would Pretty say. Good. And then the the thing I liked, the, maybe the least about it 
but maybe it's in character with a show for teens by teens or something. But that was the question of any final thoughts for our audience. What final thoughts do you have for our audience? It's my one of my pet peeves in podcasts. <laughs> Even if I do it because I don't know what else to say before somebody leaves. That's what but, it is. Because it's just do my work for me. Right. Hey, for this <laughs> for this question, ask yourself a question. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of me, a little bit of me in there going, eh, I don't know if that's would be my preference, but uh <laughs> So what were uh, you listened to uh, all the podcasts as well? What was your thought on Lions Beat? Uh, it's so I thought first of all I want to thank uh, I want to thank the host for being the only one who asked me how to pronounce my um, unusual kind of Ellis Island train wreck of a last name, and uh, I really appreciated that. And uh, um, I got I have to say that uh, I think that the the freelance question was a really good one because I kind of throw that out. That is probably not the most familiar word to the target audience of that podcast, right? I will say that I know that I was sent an email about this um, and I appreciate it and I should have read it more carefully and looked at it right before the interview, but I have COVID brain right now and time means nothing to me. (laughs) So I I would have appreciated just a little moment right at the beginning, just to remind me, oh, this is kind of a a targeted directly at tweens. Thank you, uh, makers. Connect Four, Hello. Michael and Tony P. Hey, hey guys. Hey, what's going on? Uh, let's talk about uh, Design with Desai. We really, we focused on the the mentoring angle. That was something we found in our research that uh, he seemed to have a lot to talk about and a lot of interest in. Um, so the did the research drive the line of questioning and the concept or was it vice versa? Did the concept drive the research? It was, it was all the research drove everything we did. It was, who are we talking to? What do they want to talk about? What do they want to talk about? That's what we kept coming back to. What's something that would be interesting to them to talk about. Yeah. And I can speak to this a little bit too. This is Michael. Um, Cause I did some of the front end research, listening back to all of season two's, uh, interview week entries and taking to heart Jenny's advice that you take a slice, not a survey. That was basically <laughs> written on my hand the whole time here. All right. Tell me, uh, let's talk about design with Desai, uh, coming back to it. Tell me about what the show, the series, um, would bring to listeners. Like what, uh, what would they hear week after week if this were real? Chetna here. Um, so we had the intention of continuously bringing the creative directors um, in different fields um, to the forefront um, using the series, right? Designed with Desai. For example, I actually mentioned at the end of the episode saying um, uh, next week we would interview the owner and the founder of Creative Live, things like that. And and Mark just fit perfectly, right? Very good. Um, excellent. Thank you. And let's go ahead and start the uh, with the judging with Scott. Okay. I wanted to say right off the bat that I absolutely love the little kid question. What is your inspiration behind the set designs of Descendants and Zombies movies? Um, I'm a sucker for you know, <laughs> smart kids. So it's hard for me to not like that. But I really thought it was an amazing question. <clears throat> and it got me the most interested in an actual one of these movies or properties or television uh, shows that Disney puts out that are not really aimed at me, but I honestly didn't know much about that zombie thing. And after hearing this particular interview, I think I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it might actually be my jam. Um, I think the questions were a little bit standard. They felt like a list and less of a conversation. 
it's not that that can't be done or that's not a valid thing. It's just not what I was looking for exactly. Um, so it felt a little bit like homework. Overall, a good interview. Um, I enjoyed all three this week, and, and, and this was definitely one where um, it was fun hearing a different take on Mark's career and uh, you know a different line of questioning. So, uh, so good job on all that. Very good. All right, Jenny. Hi. Okay. Things I loved. I love the music. I thought you guys picked a really good um, type of jazz uh, intro for uh, something that like design and jazz kind of go together as complex things people think a lot about. And so it felt to me like you thought about that. Um, there are many competing ideas about how to introduce a guest in an intro. And we had this, we mentioned this with the other podcasts so far, which is you have a host intro, which is like uh you know, uh, Scott Johnson hosts uh, many podcasts about um, gaming and pop culture and life and all these great things. And uh, he's really awesome. Or you say, man, this Scott Johnson is so great. Uh, we're just going to have him tell you exactly what he does. And then it cuts to, hi, my name is Scott Johnson. And I host a lot of podcasts about this, right? You had two of those right next to each other. This week, I have Mark Hoffling, a production designer. Hi, I'm uh, Mark Hoffling. I am a freelance production designer. Uh, good job with all the little podcast form things. Again, um, you know, uh, intro at the beginning about the podcast, explaining what it was, audience questions, plug at the end. Like, I know you only have 10 minutes and you want to get so much in with the guest, but you are doing a podcast. And so you have to think about that. Now, again, I want to save both of this for Mark, but I did work on a podcast called Clever, which was all about design. And in, in, in we often listen to Design Matters, the podcast by Debbie Millman. And what I will say is there's a lot of different kinds of design. And you really have to be very clear about what kind of design this is. So like you had two levels of your podcast, which was that mentorship felt like a thing that didn't quite get addressed. Whereas what I really wanted to hear about was what kind of design are we talking about specifically? Cause that really can impact the kind of conversation that you're having. And it's not just production design. All right. Thank you, Jenny. Justin. Oh boy. Okay. I'm going to be the bad guy. Uh, Interview wise, it's my least favorite thing about an interview. And I know it very well because I have a natural inclination to do it either through societal awkwardness or wanting to fill space instead of letting a interview question sit and reloading and getting to your next question. You have the desire to basically restate their answer as your answer and then just sort of leave this empty silence for the guest to fill. The second thing is this was a design podcast focused on mentors and mentees. If this is a design podcast to me and you are talking about an illustrious career of a Hollywood set designer, then the thing I want to hear about is his design theory. Now, the other side is, okay, but it's not really a design podcast. This is a podcast about mentors and mentees. And we definitely got a lot of professional advice, but we didn't really get a ton of specifics of how the lessons he learned was applied into his career or uh, who, what he looks for in 
people that he wants to bring under his wing. This was kind of a mushy middle. Now, the reason why I bring all that up is not to say that these answers aren't good. They are good. The question is where you want to draw the packaging. And I feel like this has happened a couple times this season where people have, uh, teams have, have had an idea. The idea kind of wanders during the production and it winds up becoming disjointed in the final form. What I would ask you guys is once you listen to the show, have an honest question where you're like, is this still the show that we tried to do? Cause it's fine. If it's not rename it. All right. Thank you, Justin. Uh, Mark, one of you guys mentioned doing the research and it sounds like you guys did a, a really impressive level of research. Um, and you know, there were, you listened to Hammond's podcast, the, 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 the podcast I did with Hammond and, and how, um, you know, there were some personal, uh, issues there that you guys found kind of interesting. Well, I've already put those out there. So I don't think there should be any has, you know, it's obviously it's not a gotcha format. Um, but it would, would have been completely fine. It, it would have been completely on base to ask any of those questions. Uh, thank you, Mark. And, uh, thank you. Connect four. Let's move over to the blue fan group, Nikki, Will, Jeremy, and Audie. Hey, hello. Hey. Hello. Um, now, Adi, you've got an art background, as we know. Will, you're, you're involved in film production or where, um, uh, learning it. Did you guys end up with a lot of potential questions that you had to wrestle between on the, the two different tacks? Yeah, I, I, th- I think we we maybe used a, a sixth of the questions we came up with. I, we have a lot. Like it was, wow. it was a matter of sorting by importance and then kind of, uh, you know, while I was chatting with Mark kind of, uh, how can I segue from one to the next question? Like in, in terms of like trying to keep it flowing without feeling too broken up. Yeah. And I was watching the discord chat while you're doing your interview and seeing <laughs> everybody, you know, saying, ask him this one next. Oh, no, ask yeah, him no, this. they were discord was like uh, a key part of that interview and, and making it, it flow well. Cause they were, they were able to kind of be in the dock more than I was. Um, how did you guys make the decision? Cause you had four, four players on your team. Uh, how'd you make the decision on who was going to do the, the interview? Uh, I'm 25. So I, <laughs> was in middle school when high school musical came out uh all right tell me the concept behind tales from the back lot so uh, we were kind of struggling back and forth i think a lot uh before we talked to tom tom ended up just kind of being like keep it simple like don't don't question like you're you're questioning yourself too much like just go for what you have and so it was like okay well we have we'll do a, a behind the scenes podcast and like our hook into talking about specifically Disney channel movies was like, we're, we're doing a, a mini series on, on the world of family entertainment. All right, let's get to the judges here. We're going to start things this time with Scott. Okay. This was my favorite show this week. Um, it didn't start out being my favorite show, but it ended up being my favorite and it ended up being my favorite pretty quickly. I thought it had an amazing starting question. In your own words, as a production designer, what are you responsible for? It was really a great look at kind of the macro view of production design and what it involves, which I think is a great way to start a discussion for those who maybe don't know what they're in for when they come to this interview. For all audiences, that was just a great question. And I love that sort of overall view before you dived into some of the details. Also, this drew out really just cool answers with really simple starter questions. And this is what I was looking for last week. I wanted conversational 
discussion that were based on questions and things that were researched and stuff that matters that are germane to the discussion and everything else, but didn't feel like they were just coming off a list. Great. I think huge credit here goes to the entire team, but I want to give Will a special shout out here. I think he has a knack for interviews. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Justin. This was my favorite. I liked it the best. So in your face, Scott. Um, (laughs) Here's what I liked the most about it. Number one, it was simple. But in your simplicity, you were able to get a great expert interview. Like an expert that is going to have confidence and passion in their work and explain the confidence and passion that they work with. I loved the line. Uh, I could show you more. I can tell you more in one frame of film as a production designer than a writer can tell you in 10 pages. Great. Perfect encapsulation of why he's somebody that you should listen to. Perfect. Like that, that's the kind of stuff that makes him not just a guy and, and not to get into, you know, the, the, the other podcast, but you know, there's a lot of people that have worked on teen entertainment. There's a lot of people that have broken into Hollywood. There's a lot of people that have mentors and mentees. That's not why he's special. He's special because he canceled plans over a weekend to write Ursula's fish and chips board. Like that's what's unique. And and that that to me is what made this one stand apart. Uh, all right, Jenny. All right. So this I thought was the best in terms of simple concept which gets you right to the stuff. Um, I thought you could have delved a little deeper on the music choice. And here is where I would like to introduce that a podcast musical introduction can also have sound effects and not just music. So I know what a backlot sounds like. I know what a big giant cavernous studio sounds like with people moving stuff around. And does everyone know that? Like you can use the design of your podcast to inform what, uh, people understand about like sound design is a thing too just huge huge congratulations uh, on what a good job you did with the actual interview like uh i was so impressed that you interrupted your guest all the detail that our own world has right especially someone like me who i got into video production interrupting someone you don't know and who is there on a favor is so hard but it you did it sparingly and it made it feel so much more like a real conversation just the simple act of being enthusiastic enough to jump in and be like i know i know this is so cool so you just talked and it worked and it was great <laughs> uh mark I, I just have to say i have probably between being interviewed for tiger beat <laughs> of, uh, all kinds of different um print things and and online things in my in my work for, as a designer for disney um, and I've probably given something like a hundred, uh, presentations to schools and design programs in colleges, uh, where I have Q and A's afterwards. I've never had a better interviewer ever. <laughs> wow. Thank um, you. Oh I my felt God. Like I, we, we, I felt like we were friends kind of right off the bat. Um, and it was just, it flowed so easily and I don't even remember you interrupting me because I just felt like we were two 
people who knew each other having a conversation and I was very at ease with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, the way you couched the question about Easter eggs and you, I think you had some kind of follow-up that you made me realize something about my own method that I hadn't kind of put into words before, which is that it, those Easter eggs are a dialogue with the audience. And I thought that was really brilliant. Uh, I'd never been kind of guided into that space to give that answer before. So I thought that was extremely adroit. Yeah, it was great. I just think overall, the like the level of research um, across the board here was was extremely strong. That's excellent. Oh, so good to hear. Thank you, Blue Fan Group. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Boy, if it wasn't apparent, um, three really good shows this week. So uh, contestants, teams, pat yourself on the back for a job well done. You guys did a great job this week. And, uh, and that makes it even tougher to announce a winner, right, when everybody does so well. Uh, but we can only have one winner. And uh, this week, the winner is... The Blue Fan Group. Congratulations. Uh, Tales from the Backlot was the uh, the favorite podcast. Yay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, uh, well done. The uh, Something that I think I'd worry about being distracted by questions being sent to me over Discord. You guys, it was a benefit for you guys. It was like a... Um, uh, I don't know. It was like the the hidden gold in your th- in your process. So well done with that. Uh, judges, anything else to add? What were uh, some more of the the things to take away from this uh, for for listeners and other teams? Well, my big takeaway is, I think there was a lot of people licking their wounds last week and worried about what um, you know how how things were going to go this time. And I think everybody just stepped up. Relax, confident, efficient, simple premise delivered well. And and you want to know what you call that? A great product. Yeah, I would now say you are all at the level where you don't need to, I mean, you always need to think about the basic forms and concept and underlying structures and all that, but you've all demonstrated that you can. Now I want you to go deep. I want you to do sound design. I want you to do really fine-tuned editing. Uh, You know, I want you to fake an interruption sometimes. You can do that, right? (laughs) I want you to start really focusing in on leveling up because you're all there. This is awesome. All right. This is the tough part. It's the the point of the show where we have to announce the losing team for this week and sadly end somebody's journey through this uh, horrible, sadistic, I'm beating Justin to it, uh, project of mine called America's Next Top Podcaster. Our losing team this time around, unfortunately, is Connect4 and Design with Design. Uh, Chetna, Michael, Tony, uh, sorry guys, this was, a, this was a tough one, but ultimately the judges decided that the, the show didn't quite know where it wanted to go. It didn't know if it wanted to be a mentorship podcast or a design podcast. And really, even with those two choices, the questions and the research behind them didn't go deep enough into mentorship or design. Um, The judges and I are going to jump out and go deliberate over in the other room. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally kind of leaning towards the research. And that was Michael in this case. Yeah. Mm. I think it could have been any of them because they they didn't dive deep enough on what design means. I think that the audio was solid. 
Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, I, my, my thing is just the form. It's like yeah. it was a bad design podcast and it was a bad mentor podcast. It was a good yeah. breaking into Hollywood podcast. So it's yeah. like uh, uh, that would be my thing is is like what what did you guys do? If, if your goal that you felt so strongly about that it stayed the, the, the premise throughout the entire thing was to do these two things. Who was responsible for not writing any good design questions and not writing any good mentor or mentee questions? I have regrettably made this decision. We have made I- hard decision. All right, we're back from the deliberation room. Um, and because, Michael, you were involved in the research, I'm afraid the, the, the journey ends for you tonight, man. I'm so sorry. Okay. That is perfectly okay. Um, I've got an incredibly strong team. Uh, Chetna and Tony are fantastic teammates. I couldn't have had a better group of folks to start with, including them and Jen as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it felt it felt uh, so difficult trying to figure out who, uh, for the judges, who was going to be going because it was, you know, all three of you remaining on that team and Jen last week all bring a lot and, and have a lot of strength. And it's just tough when you've got these teams of four. You see everybody's contribution and everybody's um, value on the team. So losing anybody is really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one, uh, but I, I just feel so incredibly lucky to have been on this show. Uh, thank you, all of you in Connect Four, um, and and uh, we'll see what the new dynamic is going to be with this new challenge. It's time to it's time to look forward. The educational podcast category is a broad category, including things like history, uh, science, psychology, and a ton of how-to styled podcasts. While they're all really different in their content, the one thing that they all have in common is that they teach their listeners about something they might otherwise not have known. And some of the best of these podcasts can take a topic that you never thought you'd be interested in and not only make you understand it and find it interesting and fascinating, but also make you want to go run and tell your best friend all about it as well. So creating a podcast like that is going to be your challenge this week. You're each going to be making a science podcast. Science! Uh, Yeah, Science Week is back. However, there's a bit of a twist, as there always is. You're You're not going to get to choose just any branch of science to do a show about. Uh, each team is going to be randomly assigned one of three branches of science to work with. And not only that, uh, sorry, Justin, uh, I know you just said that they could do this, but you're not going to have to worry about coming up with a podcast name because we've created a podcast name for each of these branches of science and you've got to stick to it. So your challenge is going to be to create a 10-minute podcast episode that matches the title of the podcast that we're giving you. Your podcast needs to teach us something from within that branch of science. What you teach and how you go about it is up to you, but we need to be learning something about your given branch of science. Uh, I think that's everything. No, we've got a team of two people here. Uh, and, and two is just not enough for a team and four people on that team. And, oh yeah, this is not going to work. We're going to be, uh, randomly assigning teams here. We're going to be randomly changing around things. Actually not super random. Hammond and Bobby and I looked at team makeups and decided, uh, all right, since we're mixing you guys up, we can't give a reward to the winning team. 
because uh, in previous seasons, that usually meant that none of the teams got a bonus that week. But this week, we've decided to go the other direction and give all the teams a bonus. So this week, you're going to be meeting with a previous contestant and current ANTP free feed producer, Bobby Franks. He actually has a science podcast that won this very challenge last season, and he's going to be spending 10 minutes uh, each with you. Let's talk teams. Uh, all right. The makers, your team is now Dusty, Vincent, and Audie. Connect four is uh, Tony P and Chaitna. You're getting Jeremy. Blue fan group, your team is Nikki, Will, and Eliza. Connect four is uh, Tony P and Chaitna. You're getting Jeremy. Ooh. Yes. Jenny, what are you going to be looking for in the submissions this week? Well, aside from what I assume will all be really clear, concise explanations of whatever it is you choose to focus on, boy, a thing about science, about things that exist in the real world, uh, sound design and sound effects might be really helpful here. And yes, I know in space, nobody can hear you scream. Yeah, I really like the, I, I, I want to concur with the idea of uh, let's hear production beyond just talking, um, pacing, editing, sound, music, making science interesting is hard, uh, for some. And, uh, for, and by that, I mean, for some people to listen to. And so, you know, make it, make it the kind of thing that, uh, that, uh, that somebody who's not really into science might glom onto a science podcast without some happy horseshit sound design is a lecture. And people pay good money to sleep through lectures. So give me something that has an interesting sound to it. You got to have in each one of these shows a thing that would blow a stoner's mind. If like, honestly, (laughs) you just have a thing and just text it to a stoner friend of yours and just see whether or not he's like, whoa, for real. Excellent. All right. Well, before we go, I want to say a big thank you to our special guest judge this week, Mark Hoffling. Uh, dude, it was such a pleasure having you here. You you uh, fit in perfectly with the uh, with the team. You knew exactly what to do. And so thank you so much for that. Um, plus, you've got a really cool website. Do we want to send folks there? Sure. Yeah. MarkHoffling.com. Um, my last name is uh, H-O-F-E-L-I-N-G. Um, good luck pronouncing that. It's a, it's a <laughs> catastrophe, but, uh, yeah, I'd, uh, I was very happy to be here and, uh, good luck to everybody going forward. All right. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, on behalf of our judging panel and our producers, this is Brian Abbott saying, thank you for being here. We will see you next time right here for another episode of America's next top podcaster. Hey everyone, this is Michael Tiger Fay. I gotta say, going home after three weeks of the show, it honestly feels like it's been months of work and learning and inspiration and excitement. Uh, I've had such a fantastic time with this show. Uh, the judges and the host, Brian, and the producers and my teammates are just packed with knowledge and support and inspiration. And I couldn't feel luckier to have been a part of this show. Those of you who know my introduction, my background, know that I haven't ever released a full, you know, a series of a podcast before. It's just been recorded episodes of my college radio show back in the day. Uh, so this has been a learning experience, and I, I wouldn't change anything, honestly. 
in hindsight, of course, after the judges' feedback, there's a lot of things that, you know, we would tweak here and there. But honestly, I'm super proud of the work that Connect4 put out. My teammates, Chetna and Tony and Jen, were fantastic uh, people to be working alongside. And ultimately, it just seems to really come down to... Uh, Jenny always says committing to the bit. I think it's it's really about just thinking about your audience. What are they listening to the show that you're creating for? And craft everything to that listener. What uh, segments do they want? What message do they want to take away from every episode? What makes them look at the podcast feed and think, oh yeah, this is an interesting episode. I'm actually going to listen to this rather than just scrolling past it to get to a different show. Um, and I think for us, it really just came down to narrowing focus. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, Tony and Chetna moving forward will take that lesson and do great things. So I, I'm super happy to have been a part of this show and I'm still going to be part of the community. Can't wait to launch my, launch my own show pretty soon here. Um, working on developing that right now about the experience of a progressive student in law school and how law school is a very conservative institution that is very limited in how it thinks about the law and the people affected by it. And as a progressive person learning the law, that is a very isolating and challenging thing to deal with. So uh, designing a show to be a resource guide for students like me in that sort of position. Um, So thank you to everybody who helped me um, develop my skills on this show, who helped me be a part of this show, and for the trust uh, that the hosts and the judges and my teammates showed in me and yeah super excited for things to come and so happy to have been a part of the show thanks everyone this is michael signing off thank you for listening to america's next top podcaster this show brought to you by the lovely team headed by your host brian ibbett follow brian at coverville on twitter hammond chamberlain as our executive producer follow hammond at j hammond c Bobby Frankenberger as our producer. Follow Bobby at GM Funky Town. Lady Monica Stone as social media and community manager. Follow Monica at Wicked Kitten 13. Alex Albisu as our contestant interviewer and Patreon manager. Follow Alex at Alex Albisu. And I'm Gidget Von LaRue from Season 1. And you can follow me at Gidget Von LaRue. Consider becoming a patron of the show by going to patreon.com forward slash top podcaster. Make sure to follow the show at Podcasting Idol and visit our website at americasnexttoppodcaster.com for everything else. Mm-hmm.